0: Welcome to the sermon podcast of Faith Lutheran Church in Oregon, Wisconsin, proclaiming the historic faith of Christ crucified and the promises of God that our faith clings to. For more information, visit us online at faithlutheranoregon.com. For all our society tries to minimize death, it must confront it sooner or later. When our society does talk about death, it tends to euphemize it, to to talk it up, uh, to not really speak the truth about it. And we Christians fall into this too. Rather than uh, using the clear and comforting words of scripture about death, we resort to platitudes and vague ideas and myths. Uh, They may be what we want to hear, but euphemisms, platitudes, vague ideas, and myths are not really comforting. You know, we say or hear things like, death is natural, except it's not. Death is not natural. <clears throat> the only reason a person is dead is because they were a descendant of Adam, a fallen sinful Adam. They carried his sinful nature like an infection. People die because they are sinners. At visitations, upon seeing the body, we say or hear things like, that's not really them, except it is them. It is them, but but something unnatural has happened. Soul and body have separated, unnaturally. When God created the perfect world, soul and body were meant to stay together, not be separated. So what does it mean that at death the soul and body separate? What does not mean that we become angels when we die? Nor does it mean that souls stay on earth. After death, Uh, they do not come out of body to have some sort of astral plane projection experience. They do not stay in houses to haunt them in the form of ghosts. Uh, They do not, nor are they able, to communicate with the living after death. Nor do they stay to be present in some supernatural way to be felt by family or loved ones after they die. We see, if we experience any of these things, they are not souls, but demons. Souls uh, also do not inhabit or reincarnate as animals or uh, like birds or butterflies. Souls do not become stars in the sky. Uh, No, as we see from many passages, including Psalm 31, verse 5, souls depart. Both the souls of believers and unbelievers depart. At death, the bodies of believers are buried in the grave, while the souls of believers are carried up to the Father to await the resurrection of their body to everlasting life. The souls of unbelievers are dragged down to hell to likewise await the resurrection of the body to everlasting torment. Psalm 31 is a psalm about death. and The writer is facing death. He prays, have mercy on me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. My eye wastes away with grief. Yes, my soul and my body. Death affects soul and body. And we could theorize what sort of death he was facing, but in the end, death is death. And it doesn't really matter how we die, for we will all face it. He says, I am forgotten like a dead man, out of mind. No matter your legacy... Uh, death is the great equalizer. Even the most powerful, famous, and benevolent men in the world will eventually be forgotten. Then he laments, I am like a broken vessel. Uh, he is being broken, uh, literally perishing. It's an active thing that's happening to him. Uh, then he laments, I, uh, uh, he knows that this is something that wasn't supposed to happen. It wasn't supposed to happen to the righteousness, the separation of body and soul But he prays, my times are in your hand. Only God has control over life and over death. And we dare not take the place of God, assuming we can control it. And yet, only a person facing or meditating on death actually says, my times are in your hands. We normally don't want to admit or confess that our bodies and souls and all things and our time and and all things uh, actually belong to God. We want to lay claim to them. We want to hold on to created things or persons, whether our bodies or souls or the body and soul of a loved one. We forget that God made them and that God loves them. That God is their father. And so we want to hold on to them, and we don't want to have God to have either soul or body. And for that reason, we need to learn to pray Psalm 31. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. Johann Spagenberg, an associate of Martin Luther, who uh, literally wrote the manual on dying, said for this reason, throughout their entire lives, Christians should be learning to die to what is created. We need to learn to die to what is created to lose those things that might draw us away from the love of our Creator. We die to what is created so that we do not die to what is uncreated, to God. And so the committing of our souls to God that Psalm 31 has us do, this committing of our souls to God in loving trust is, is therefore not just one of the various things that we do as Christians. It's the essential feature of our life in Christ. St. Peter says, Therefore let those who suffer according to the will of God commit their souls to him in doing good, as to a faithful creator. That's why Lutherans pray daily in both the morning and evening prayer, Into your hands I commit my body and soul and all things. Sometimes when I pray those words, those words, Uh, roll right off my tongue but other times I realize what I'm actually saying I realize that I'm actually entrusting uh, to God not only with myself but all things my children and, and my spouse everything and everyone near and dear I place into God's hands and it can be easy to entrust my soul to God because it's abstract when I think about the prospect of my body dying or, or losing someone else, of their soul departing to God, well, then it gets hard. So, Psalm 31 may be a helpful example for us then. Uh, but there is one way in which we must read Psalm 31 it's the voice of Jesus. It's the voice of Jesus. Psalm 31 5 was the final prayer of our Lord from the cross. Into your hand I commit my spirit. It's the prayer of Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame. In making this prayer our own, we are taken into the voice of Jesus. We partake of his own relationship to the Father. Only in Christ, after all, can we know God and call God Father. We cannot commit our souls to to the Father, unless the Father has first committed Himself to us in Christ, the only prayer that passes beyond the veil to God's very throne is prayer that's saturated with the blood of Jesus, the redeeming, redeeming blood of Christ on the cross. And so, in this psalm, the voice of Jesus becomes your own voice. In you, O Lord, I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in your righteousness. You have redeemed me, O Lord God of truth. The righteousness of God, not our own, is the reason that we are redeemed. God's righteousness is our salvation in Christ. It's only in Him that we have eternal life. So to be willing to commit both body and soul and all things into God's hands is faith, it's trust. And it comes only as a result of looking at the man on the cross who said these words first. But we still do struggle with death. We still do fear. and We admit, we confess the struggle. We fear We, we fear in both body and soul. Now, we struggle physically and we struggle spiritually. Sometimes Christians will even be a, a, accused of hypocrisy because they fear death. Well, you shouldn't fear death, Christians. But... Christians are not Christians because we're so strong to carry out the not fearing of death. We are Christians because we are too weak to carry off the not fearing of death. And so because we are too weak to carry off the not fearing, we cling to him who carried it off already. We cling to Christ every hour and in the hour of death. He is strong to to lift us up. And he does not force you to say alone, into your hands I commit my spirit. But he says it along with you and for you. Christ committed you into the Father's hands. You are his body. He is the head. Christ committed you into the Father's hands. And because you yet cannot see the Father's hands, Jesus, who is the image of the Father, shows you his hands, scarred with love. And so if you die before he returns, he will command his angels to guard you in all your ways so that you are not dashed against a stone, a stumbling block. They will carry your soul in a wonderful procession up to the Father in heaven. And then at the last day, whether you have died already or not, you will see Christ, you will see God with your own eyes. This is the confession of Job, who committed everything to the Father. It's the confession of Doubting Thomas, who who gazed upon the Lord's hands. Christ will return with those same love-scarred hands to bear your body up to heaven. And there you will abide, both in body and soul, forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, forevermore. Amen.